Would you like to have fewer family feuds and more family peace? This is the third of a three-part series about how to unplug from OCD-related power struggles with the Relationship Reboot. This podcast episode speaks specifically to the parents of emerging adult children managing OCD. If you parent a younger child, you're welcome too. You can modify some of these ideas so that they're appropriate for your child's age and your family values. You're also welcome if you're an adult managing OCD. After all, you parent yourself. You're also welcome to send this podcast to your own parents. Welcome to the Free Me From OCD podcast. If you or someone you love has OCD, you know that OCD can hold you hostage. OCD can get in the driver's seat of your life. Here you'll find the information, tips, and tools to put you back in the driver's seat of your life. I'm Dr. Vicki Rackner, your host. I call on my experience as a mother of a son diagnosed with OCD when he was in college, physician, and life coach to help you evolve into the best and highest version of yourself. Let's dive into today's episode. If you have conflicts in your family about how OCD is managed, you are not alone. Power struggles are very common. Our human brains behave in predictable ways. If there's a problem in our lives, we tend to look outside of ourselves for both the cause and the solution. In the first session, we discussed what a power struggle is. It's an effort to solve a problem by getting somebody else to do things differently. As parents of kids with OCD, we have an understandable human tendency to do what we can to keep our children safe and healthy. Chances are you'd do anything you could to inspire or nag or cajole your child into following your OCD manual on your time schedule. And any time you try to control the actions of others, you set the stage for a power struggle. I shared the story of one of my clients, Joan, who has a college-age daughter, Kelly, recently diagnosed with OCD. Kelly called Joan every time she had an OCD crisis, and the calls were increasing in frequency. At the end of each crisis call, Kelly agreed to look for a therapist, But weeks went by and Kelly had not made any calls. Joan was getting frustrated. She reached out to me and asked me, how can I make Kelly get a therapist? Now, Joan's request might seem very reasonable to you. Of course, Kelly should get the help she needs to be freed from the tyranny of OCD. However, after weeks of nagging and even yelling, The only outcome was that Joan and Kelly were more distant and less connected. How did I respond to Joan's request about how she could inspire Kelly to get a therapist? I said to her, Joan, you've tried everything you know how to do and nothing has worked. Here's why. You are in a power struggle. You're trying to control Kelly. The only person who can control Kelly is Kelly. I could see the disappointment on Joan's face. This was not the answer she wanted. I continued, here's the good news. I can offer a different way to help you get what you want, to know that you are doing everything in your power to help Kelly live the fullest life possible. 
we can explore what you can do differently to be part of the solution, no matter what Kelly or anyone else does. The alternative to the power struggle is the relationship reboot. Joan agreed to give it a try. The first stage in the relationship reboot is making peace with the idea that the only person we can control is ourselves. You will have urges to solve OCD-related conflicts by asking the person with OCD to change. However, this just sets up a power struggle and no one wins. So even though you will be tempted to resolve conflict by influencing others in the relationship reboot, you agree to give that up. In the last episode, we addressed the second stage of the relationship reboot, managing your own brain and changing the relationship with yourself. This can be hard and painful work. Here are the three steps. Step number one, own the manual. Joan recognized that she has a manual in her head about how Kelly should manage OCD. When Kelly didn't follow her manual, there was conflict. Joan came to understand that Kelly has her own OCD manual. There's a reason that Kelly makes the choices she does. Joan repeated the thought, I'm in charge of me and Kelly's in charge of Kelly. Step number two, explore your thoughts. I gently asked Joan why she felt this urgency for Kelly to get into therapy. Joan snapped at me. Isn't it obvious? I said, well, maybe, but sometimes the real answer may not be as obvious as you think. I gently continued. How would having a therapist in the picture help? Joan said, well, maybe when Kelly called me in crisis, I could tell her to call her therapist. I asked, do you know any therapists who take crisis calls at 10 p.m.? Then Joan said, well, maybe the therapist could tell me what to do or what to say so I wouldn't feel so scared or alone or overwhelmed. Now we identified the real reason Joan wanted Kelly to get a therapist. It was so that she, Joan, would not feel so scared, so alone, and so overwhelmed as she tried to help Kelly get to the other side of OCD. I pointed out that Kelly didn't need to get a therapist for Joan to feel more confident in her ability to know what to say and to do to be a force for healing for Kelly. So Joan dug in and did her own work, developing the skills and tools to feel more confident in her own ability to be an effective parent. Now, this does not mean that Joan would become Kelly's stand-in therapist. It meant that she learned to harness the healing power of a loving human connection. By the way, the OCD Haven is a place where we show people with no formal medical training what to say and what to do to help and not harm someone with OCD. We also have a protocol for supporting parents in crisis. We don't offer therapy. We offer a caring human connection. All right, step number three for Joan was to lean into uncomfortable feelings. Joan started explaining to me how painful it is to watch her daughter struggle. It caused Joan pain. Joan acknowledged that often she wanted to hurry up and fix things for Kelly to make everyone better. Joan agreed to embrace a new thought. It's okay for Kelly not to be okay. 
that meant that Joan needed to be willing to lean into her own pain. The truth is that most people go to great lengths to not experience unpleasant feelings. Joan's urgency to fix Kelly had to do with an urgency not to feel this pain. So the second stage in the relationship reboot is about working on the person in the mirror. It's about cleaning up your own side of the street. In an interesting twist, we parents are doing the work we're asking our kids to do, witnessing and choosing helpful thoughts and leaning into difficult feelings. The third stage in the relationship reboot involves managing the relationship with the other person in the power struggle differently. Specifically, what would Joan say to Kelly? What can you say differently with your child with OCD? Here are three steps for planning for the storm. Now, if you live in a place with earthquakes or tornadoes or hurricanes, you plan ahead for the storm. You know what to do. Well, power struggles usually happen in the midst of an emotional storm. The best time to plan for the storm is when things are calm. This is where we begin in three simple steps. Step number one, lay the communication foundation. At a time in which it's called, give your kid the heads up that your parenting style is about to shift and why. Maybe you even do it when you're riding in the car. Here's the script Joan and I developed in Joan practice. She said, Kelly, do you remember when you were in third grade and you didn't want to go to school because you were being bullied? I don't like the way your OCD monster bullies you and tries to control you. It makes me want to protect you just like I did when you were in third grade, even though you're an adult now. OCD scares me. I just want you to be freed of the OCD monster. But when I try to cage the OCD monster, I turn into the OCD police laying down the OCD law. I hate when I criticize you and nag you and even yell at you. The worst part is that it's not working. We spend so much time fighting the OCD monster that I don't connect with you. I miss you. So here's another message that Joan decided to deliver to Kelly. It's not for every family, but I think it's worth considering. It went something like this. Kelly, I owe you an apology. When I step into the role of OCD police, it communicates that I don't trust you to manage your brain. It's disrespectful to you, and I'm sorry. I'm officially handing over the job of managing your brain to you. I will always be here as a cheerleader and a coach and a consultant, but I am officially stepping away from the role as your brain's boss. I'm handing in my OCD police badge. So again, you can decide whether this kind of apology would work for you and your family. I highly recommend it. If your child is open to continuing the conversation, you can say something like, things don't have to be like this anymore. I miss my daughter. I've got some ideas about how we can change things up. Are you open to a conversation about that? And hopefully your child will say yes. But even if your child is not open to this conversation, 
here are some important messages that you can deliver in multiple car rides. Now, you don't have to deliver all of them at once. You can pick and choose and put them in your own words. The most important message is, I love you. You can say, no matter what happens, I will always love you and see the best in you. I'm your biggest fan. Nothing you can do will change that. No matter how you decide to manage your OCD, I will always love you. Then you can continue, I do not love your OCD monster. He's like the world's worst uninvited house guest. Both you and I would love to lock him up in a cage and throw away the key. Next message, I recognize that you are not your OCD monster. I can tell the difference when I'm interacting with you and when I'm interacting with the OCD monster. Sometimes I can tell when you can't. I've come to understand that the only one who can lock up the OCD monster is you. Then you can deliver the message, I believe in you. I believe you have the strength and resilience for you to learn how to manage your brain and get to the other side of OCD. I also realize that the way you manage OCD is your choice. You don't have to do this hard work of choosing which thoughts to believe and leaning into uncomfortable feelings and resisting urges. I hope that you do. You're an amazing person, and I want you to savor everything that life has to offer. Unmanaged OCD may well be the biggest life obstacle you face. As a parent, my biggest job, besides loving you, is supporting you as you cage your OCD monster. So you'll see me doing things differently. I'll give you the heads up as I make changes. Then you can request a separate conversation. You can say, I'd love to have a brainstorming session with you and generate ideas about what you find helpful and what you don't find helpful as you manage your brain. You can decide whether it's just the two of us or whether it's a whole family get together. Okay, so step number two is collaborate on a plan. It's having this collaborative conversation about what's helpful and what's not. Frame the intention of the plan. Say, my highest goal is to love you and help you cage your OCD monster. That's why I've made the decision to do things differently. I'd love to hear what you find helpful and what's not helpful. So you can just have a brainstorming session. You can take a piece of paper, divide it down the middle, and just list all of the ideas on the left side of the paper. There's no editing here. Once you get the ideas down on paper, you can go through the list. So your child might say something like, I just want you to listen to how much it hurts without trying to fix it. Well, you can say yes to that request. If your child says, I want you to give me reassurances without getting annoyed or snapping at me, you can say, I know your OCD monster wants reassurances, but every time I give you reassurances, it gives your OCD monster more power. I'm unwilling to do that. But here's what I propose. Right now, I give you about 10 reassurances a week. Then I usually snap. 
I'm willing to give you a reassurance one time. After that, I'll say, I'm not engaging with the OCD monster anymore. Then you can ask your child, will that work for you? Maybe your child wants to negotiate three reassurances, just gain clarity about exactly what is going to happen. As part of the conversation, you can also say, I know I'm not going to be perfect at unplugging from power struggles. If you catch me turning into the OCD thought beliefs, how will you let me know? Kelly said, well, I'll just make a siren sound. So that became a fun way for the whole family to manage how they responded around OCD. And everyone understood that Kelly was in charge of Kelly. Step number three is strengthen the relationship with your child. It's natural that your attention is on the OCD monster. Your engagement with the OCD monster leaves you less time and energy to be with your child. You can shift your attention to your child. Laugh and have fun together. Do the things that bring you joy. Get your child's input about fun things to do together. When you feel yourself judging or getting ready to offer a criticism, bite your tongue. Especially when you begin the relationship reboot, offer compliments and positive feedback. Hey, I noticed that you drank from a glass in the cupboard without sterilizing it. Now, this is hard. You are breaking old habits. You're going to need to resist the urge to deliver a command rather than get curious and ask your child questions. But then again, your child is learning to manage urges too. Now, you won't get this perfect. As my parenting coach says, if you get it right half the time, love will take you to 100%. So there you go. You have all of the steps and stages of the relationship reboot. There is a transcript of this podcast episode in case you want to just, you know, pull it out, copy it, and develop your own scripts. Put these messages into your own words. If you like the scripts that you heard in this podcast episode, you will find a transcription. Please feel welcome to download it and put these messages into your own words. Please also feel welcome to leave a comment. What happens when you try some of these new scripts? How successful are you at unplugging from OCD-related power struggles? You can expect some real magic to happen. Thank you for your time and your commitment to helping you and your family be freed from OCD. You can do this.